Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to Sports Day SA, and you can be part of the show. Text in on 0427154. One double six, Paul Bonzer and Dan Menzel with you. And we are keeping these chairs warm, men's, for two legends. We One are. is David Wildey, who we're going to speak to tomorrow night, but we've got the main man on the line, thanks to Tyre Power's big holiday sale, now 25% off on selected Kumo passenger and SUV tyres. It is the one, the only, Malcolm Blight. Blighty, uh, welcome to Sports ASA, your show. Oh, no, Paul and Dan. Hi, guys. Happy New Year to you both. Uh, I've been listening. You, you actually, you actually go okay. This this summer sports day, yes, is actually quite uh, something to listen to. We'll take that, I reckon, Bonds. Uh, we're taking that every day of the week. How was your Christmas and New Year's? Uh, it was terrific. Obviously, in Adelaide with uh, family and a lot of friends and a lot of good cheer. Particularly, um, you know, uh, just a glass of water here or there. It, it, no, it was really nice and the. Obviously, the weather was great, and uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff happening in sport too. Actually, you guys have had a pretty good summer on the sport front. Yeah, we have, Malcolm. You're right. There's been plenty happening, and we've got plenty to talk about uh, again this week. Now, for the listeners on cruise, Blotty, I just want to um, mention one little thing. You're a McGarry medalist, you're a Brownlow medalist, you're a Coleman medalist, and you're a Ken Farmer medalist. Now, there's not many that can lay claim to that, is there? Probably none. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> no. Someone wrote a book one day and said there's only one person in that club, and uh, you could have gone Premiership player and Premiership coach too. But I'm not going to be like that this year. I've made a thing with myself, particularly for the cruise listeners, and obviously the SEN listeners too. That, um, that I, I just think what we should be talking about is all the all the youngsters now plying their trade, just like you, Dan, to win that farmer medal playing for the great Woodville West Torrens Football Club, uh, we should talk a lot about sport, which is which is going to be great. Now, I must say, I'm a music nut. I love listening to 60s, 70s and 80 music on cruise, but also like modern music. And I reckon music and sport. Are you two blokes like that? Music and sport are, are my life, really. Oh, definitely for me. Um, I'm a bit of a muso, uh, part-time muso in my in my other job. But uh, no, I lo- look, I, I love music. I think it plays a big part of sport as well you always see players warming up to music and Dan you would know this you there would be a soundtrack to your warm-ups yeah it is it's the entertainment factor for the crowd but then it's also that motivational factor and it puts you in a really good place whether it's motivating or whether it's relaxing uh, I agree with you Malcolm that it is that combination uh, of both it's so important um, now what have you been up to over your break over Christmas over New Year's what have uh, what, have, what have you been doing yeah, um, probably just uh, pottering. Uh, we've got uh, my wife had a, a significant birthday, so our, our, our families came together uh, a few weeks ago now. And obviously, they live in different states, as a lot of people do now, as you know, with all your movements too, Dan. It, it is one of those worlds now. We all seem to move around a bit, but it was lovely that they could get to Adelaide and, and get Patsy's birthday under control, and then. We had a great family, family day at um, my brother's nephew's, uh, Paul uh, Stevens, which was terrific. Uh, 
gear on uh, on Christmas Day with with all the family, which was great. That is great. And so let's get on to some of the sport, Malcolm. We want to find out what are your expectations. I know that the fans will be very interested now that the new year's around and uh, Adelaide and Port Adelaide are back into pre-season. What are your expectations for the Adelaide Crows Football Club in 2023? Yeah, and you're right. I mean, I think they're both okay. I think Port Adelaide are still in the window. A lot of people have written them off. I've actually, actually, I didn't know you were going to ask me that, but I was actually doing some stuff for when I do come back and have a chat on the radio, is that they play Brisbane at home in the first round, Collingwood away, then Adelaide, Sydney and Western Bulldogs. I mean, they've got, that's five okay games. I'll bet they don't start Norton five. I think Todd Marshall and Charlie Dixon are terrific. They'll be fine. Lysette will be back. Scott Lysette, the big fella. But this is what excites me about Port Adelaide still. You can have Jason Horn francis might play a bit of half-back, bit of midfield. Orazio Fantasia, can he get fit? Junior Rioli can be a star, and I was, oh, mate. So they can actually fix up that small forward around those two big guys and Lysett. I think Port Adelaide, their back line's still good. I think this, I haven't written them off like a lot of other people have. I think they're still in the hunt. I agree. You make a great point there in summation of the guys that have been injured that can come back in. If they can reach their best, it will catapult that side up the ladder. How about the Crows? What's the expectations there? Yeah, I, I mean, they will climb. Um, Isaac Rankings a really good pickup. I actually liked him as a kid, you know, from Henley High, all that sort of stuff. I watch it. He's got a, oh, you would know, Dan, he's got that little trick with him. You know, he's got that speed. He does. They, the Gold Coast Suns, eventually put him in the midfield. You don't need to play all midfield with kids. They get hurt and injured. Sam Walsh at Carlton is a perfect example. Terrific. Probably the best kid I've seen come into the competition in the last four years. He's now just had a major back injury. So just like Connor Rosie, you gradually introduce him in. So I hope they do that with Isaac Rankin. But what you've still got is you've got Rory coming back, Rory Sloane, the skipper coming back from injury. He'll be all right. He's a pro. Dawson's a really good player. Keys and Laird will keep running it out. The trick will be Sam Berry in his third or fourth year, Schonberg, Saligo, and Rochelle. They're going to be the keys. Those those youngsters, those midfield half forwards going forward, if one or two of those can make a big step, the midfield becomes a real, real jungle. Out of those youngsters that you mentioned, who excites you the most? Is it Saligo? Because I'm, I'm really impressed by this kid, Saligo. Yeah, I like another one called Thilthorpe. And now I know he's not part of that midfield group, but I, I just think if you see his stuff, if you see his stuff on the ground as a six foot sevener, we know he can mark, we know he can kick, but I mean, I, I, there's something special about him. And I, I think talking summer sports now, that Cameron Green at six foot seven in the Australian Test team is a bit like that too, isn't he? You can just see something in him. Year three, I reckon he'll be okay. Saligo, Sam Berry, actually, I thought, finished off really well. He's that bigger-bodied midfielder who's probably ready to go, and that's why you've got to be careful with the, with the lesser body shapes in Rankin and, and also Horn Francis. Yeah, correct there. I agree with that with Phil Thorpe and obviously Darcy Fogarty up there as well will continue to ascend and become a, a much better focus and player for the Crows. You mentioned the summer sports. Have you been tuning into much of the cricket, caught many of the strikers games? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, 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 well, Dan, I did play district cricket here, only for a short while, down at the beautiful Woodville Oval. Um, 
So I'm actually, I've been a Strikers fan from day one, uh, watching the Big Bash. Yeah, we, we had a great start. We've just wobbled a bit around, but I'm still hopeful. <laughs> I'm still hopeful. It looks as though we've got a reasonable batting team. The bowlers, are, you know, I mean, you get wickets in that game because they make them like concrete, the pitches. But, yeah, no, I, I'm still hopeful. And uh, I know Rashid Khan won't stay around forever, but I'm just hopeful they can make enough runs. Well, you've got Travis Head and Alex Carey coming back into the side after this week. So hopefully that'll add some strength to the batting lineup and uh, they'll get back on that winning roll. I just wanted to ask you a little bit about your co-host, David Wilde. You've been with him for a few years now. Why do you think the relationship works so well with Wilds? <laughs> That's a really good question, Paul. Um, I, I just think, well, we'll go back to where we started from. I actually played on David and, and most people probably in the, in the sporting world know, but perhaps the cruise listeners don't. I actually played my last game of football at Prospect Oval. On I was playing full forward as a very old player, and I played on David Wildey. Surely it's the player. other way around, Malcolm. Surely he played on you, not the other way around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably did. Now, I, there was a great debate when we first got on air. He thought I kicked four. I knew I kicked six because I kicked <laughs> – sorry, Dan, to do this. But I did kick 126 goals that year. I knew that. Standing on one leg at full forward. Um, and I did kick six and hit the post three times. But David claims – I did a bit of ruck work in the forward line and jumped over the great Mike Parsons, you know, the full, yes. all those North Adelaide people who remember. I jumped over him two or three times, grabbed the ball out there and kicked him in midair. So David claims that I actually didn't kick six on him. So, I, uh, mate, if I if I wasn't doing the ruck work, I probably would have got ten. <laughs> Look, we uh, you've got a couple of months before you back, so what we'll do is we'll get Sammy onto it and uh, he can actually break down exactly what happened in that game and... We'll uh, be able to chat with Wilds about that tomorrow night as well when we've got him on. Uh, yeah, and look, one of the other things, I just meant, I, one of the things that just interests me, watching one of the great ones retire, and I think we're, in the sporting world, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sport nut, obviously a footy nut, but Joel Selwood has just captained Geelong to their premiership at the end of the year. In an interview on the Sunday after the game at, at Cadinia Park, as I knew it, and, and, and we all knew it in the football world. He just said, someone asked him the question, uh, why do you think Geelong has been that good for that long? The most interesting answer came from him. He said, because we've had the best forward, the best forward line player in the game for the last 12 years or a dozen years, I think he said. If you think about that, there are a million midfielders that win a lot of awards there are a lot of great defenders that save them. But if you don't have some of the best forwards in the game, you can't win games of footy. And I'll still say this to the day I turn my toes up. If you can't kick 15 goals plus on grand final day, you won't win. Why coaches spend their whole life playing team defence and making blokes run up and down the ground 14 or 15 Ks and never touching the ball and spend more time on what happens going forward and how you make that happen, I will never, ever know. One of the best players, greatest players of the last 12, 15 years, Joel Seward, said it clearly and succinctly after winning the Premiership this year. It's a great call, Blighty. I, I mean, obviously being a forward as well, I, I love that call, but I think you're right. Joel said it and... Tom has played every single week. He's barely missed in that time. And so you're able to build that foundation around him and you're able to put the players around him. 
And, and it does. It gives you a focal point in the forward line. You're right. Midfielders, there is plenty of them going around. So it, uh, it's one that every single year, Richmond did it really well with Ray Walt and Tom Lynch has come in and dominated for them as well. Uh, every single year, Hawthorne had Buddy and, and Roughhead. So they, they get it done. Gunson's probably another one that was undervalued in that. So I couldn't agree any more with you there, Malcolm. Malcolm, be yeah, fair. Then I'm, and Go on. I don't, I don't mean to say this, and, and defence is essential, I say, but I'll keep on this bandwagon. I've got a funny feeling with a few of the newer coaches, like at Collingwood, da, 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 and also some of the other new coaches, they're starting to realise that actually, if you actually go forward, and put pressure on the scoreboard, it's probably the greatest pressure in a game of football. You know, it's not tackling. You know, it's not doing 10, 28, 30 blokes in, a, in an area. It's actually the scoreboard that gets you in the end. Yeah, it is. And team defence has been such a good thing and such a focus for a number of years now that how do you beat it? You need to get your offence better. And I agree with you. I think McRae and a few other coaches are certainly going down that avenue and uh, we're going to see it again a lot more in 2023. We're chatting with the great Malcolm Blight on Sports Day, SA. Malcolm, um, what about the teams to beat in the AFL this year? Yeah, I, I just think, uh, yeah. I mean, how do you know? I mean, it's, it's a crystal ball. But I think that the older teams... And, and Dan could actually say this because, I mean, he's just really out of the competition and still playing very good football in the sandful. So I think the more experienced teams now, more experienced teams, because the guys are full-time, they've looked after their body, they've looked after the, what they eat, and they've looked after the way they go about the whole thing, recovery and all that, I think that that, that experience you cannot buy. I can tell you now, the 18-year-old is a, is a very good young player. But the 28-year-old that's been through 10 years of it will be a much better player in decision-making and or keeping the whole thing going. So I think those teams that have been up the top for the last four or five years are going to stay there. You're going to have to break a ceiling to get in there. And, you know, that's Melbourne, that's Geelong, that's Richmond. Add another couple and you know who they are. But I just think this next layer, you're going to have to get those older, really experienced people that under the heat of the day, and we're talking about not just grand final day here, you're talking about during the season as well. You've got to make really good decisions to win by a couple of goals sometimes because it's tight. And usually, usually those good, experienced, consistent players get it done for you. So on that, Malcolm, I'm very interested to hear your answer on this because I've spoke with a few people about this in recent times. How do you see a team like Sydney that was clearly inexperienced compared to Geelong in the grand final how do you see them bouncing back from such a heavy deficit in the grand final in the past? We've seen teams like the Bulldogs struggle a little bit this year. GWS got blown out in 18 and, and didn't bounce back so well. Poor, obviously, a long time ago against Geelong in 07. How do you see the Swans bouncing back with such a young core and such a heavy defeat in the grand final? Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it's a really good question, Dan. I, I think the answer to that is, they weren't ready. And everyone else says, well, hang on, they made the grand final. Yeah, but I know that. I've been there. Coach teams have done that. Weren't. You know deep down after, the other team was so much better, so much more organised in lots of ways, and, and mainly in games played. So I think what John Longmire will learn, and he's been a terrific coach for a long time, he will find the mystery tag that maybe a Mark Williams missed after the 2007 one, and... And maybe Leon Cameron missed after their whacking um, the GWS missed. I reckon there's some learnings for that. If I was part of that now, and I know John Lamar reasonably well, 
I would go and actually talk to two or three of those coaches, and I'm sure they give him the time to actually say, what, what do you reckon we did wrong right after those floggings in grand finals? What, what could we have done or what would you have done differently from what you've learned? That's what I'd be doing if I was John Longmire. It's a, it's a very interesting call, Bonds. I think it's a great call because the mental aspect of the game is still so underrated. And so the psyche of losing that grand final, uh, a young core, how you handle that as a player and then as a senior coach and what you do, it'd be very interesting to see what Choco and, and Leon Cameron in particular would say about that. Um, and, uh, yeah, it'd be a great, great way to do it if you are a horse longmore. Flighty, uh, a bit of golf before you come back uh, on Sports Day in March? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I attempt to play with uh, some of my old Woodville mates at the Grange Golf Course, where Liv's going to be now. Uh, obviously, the tournament with uh, the whole world turning up. So, yeah, and I play with some former teammates, and we play a couple of times a week, uh, Mondays and Friday mornings, and we, we are rusty, rusty-ish, uh, but we try have a bit of fun. So, I, I take it when I'm really serious when I finish the game and forget I say after about 38 seconds I can forget it completely uh, <laughs> and that's the only way to it's the only way to play golf now I can assure you but when you're out there you have a bit of fun and that's what we do it for yeah. a bit of, bit of movement and a bit of fun you mentioned live golf coming to Grange your home club are you excited about that having that unbelievable tournament coming to Grange yeah look I am I, I'm, I'm not sure where the golfing world's at I mean you know I you know, we've all got our opinions on whether the Saudis is a great idea and taking all the money. But apparently, I, I didn't know, well, I do know this, but apparently Australia's been dealing with Saudis in trade for a lot of years. So to, to get on that political course, I'm not absolutely certain because I don't quite understand what we do or what we should do. I understand what they do, which doesn't please a lot of the world. And I get that right. You know, that that's that's fact. But when you when you're actually hitting a golf ball, I'm not sure that actually means that you don't respect what they're not doing, if you know what I mean by that. Yeah, absolutely, I agree with that. That it's a very interesting talking point for anyone who follows golf with uh, live golf and how that's impacted society. Uh, it's going to be great to have it here in Adelaide and. Uh, maybe you'll get some sort of ambassadorial role down at your uh, home golf course for the live event. <laughs> I've played in a number of them, you know, particularly the, the women's opens here, you know, the, and I've played in a lot of pro-ams over the years. But what I realised a long time ago is that, you know, I picked up a footy eventually and didn't pick up a golf club. And if you didn't do it early, you won't do it late. You have a bit of fun with it. That's all I know. So you're saying there's no chance of a statue at Grange Golf Club for Malcolm Blight? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, there's actually... See, I didn't bring up the statue. <laughs> Malcolm, it's That's been fantastic funny. chatting with you. We appreciate uh, you coming on and we look forward to you. We'll keep the seats warm for you, my friend, and, and you'll be back here with David Wildey just before the kickoff of the AFL season. Uh, guys, congratulations too. Sports Day SA Summer, it, it's going really well. Well done, both of you. Thanks, Malcolm. Thanks, Malcolm. The great Malcolm Blight uh, joining us there. Uh, You 